What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Hardy Time Brews, where I'm your host, John Delray. Today, we are going through all the different positions of the Green Bay Packers and figuring out, is this a five-alarm fire that they better add some bodies to, or is it something that, frankly, they don't even have to touch until we get to next season, and they'll probably be just fine. So we're going through ranking every single position and figuring out where it falls in those slots. And let me just say something right here at the forefront. I understand 1000% that this video is not for everybody. This is just a lot of stuff that we've kind of been circling the drain on a, a topic that has indirectly been addressed in amongst other topics, talking about the salary cap, resigning guys, etc. But I haven't just directly addressed it and said, here is their absolute number one position of need versus I don't care if they don't touch this at all. So I thought I would put something out, especially as we're in the great nothing of the offseason right now. We're pre-combine. We're not resigning guys yet. Regency still a ways on. Like it's it's the right time to just directly address the roster as it stands now. So before we get to that, though, just a couple quick little bits of news. Number one, the Packers have a new strength and conditioning coach. They've hired Aaron Hill, formerly the assistant in San Francisco, now comes to Green Bay for the head job. So Packers certainly hoping that his approach will lead to fewer soft tissue injuries, especially, you know, the hamstring. And we'll have to see if that decision bears fruit. But nonetheless, Aaron Hill coming to Green Bay. And then number two, since we last got together, the void year contracts have now accelerated. They're officially on the 2024 cap. Basically what that means is when we did the salary cap video just a few weeks ago, we talked about how Darnell Savage, Keyshawn Nixon, Yash Nyman are three individuals who could re-sign with the Packers and have the dead money that was coming in 2024 re-spread out. If the Packers were to sign these guys, they could actually save some money on this year's cap. But the deadline just passed. So basically... Packers still could re-sign these guys, but they don't get any cap savings any longer from doing so. That's basically what that means. That money is now officially on the books. The Packers missed their window to re-sign these guys. Might they still? Yeah, because a couple of years ago, they re-signed Devondre Campbell and, Ronnie, and Robert Tunyon. There is precedent. But nonetheless, about $10 million from those three contracts now officially on the books, and none of the three are officially on next year's roster. All right. So let's get to the positions of need. Now, I do have some news about different guys that I'm going to cover as we go through this. But uh, the other thing that I want to say, too, is I did still lump together. I didn't parse out like free safety versus strong safety or anything like that. I also didn't really factor in futures contracts or practice squatters unless they actually made an impact on last year's roster. Because while some of those individuals could make the jump to really being an impact 53 player, the likelihood's not great, and you know from a roster build standpoint, those guys aren't being heavily factored in. So I looked at the guys who were bona fide regular season players last year for the Green Bay Packers, or certainly project to have more playing time upcoming. One spot, our number one spot that actually fits that perfectly, happens to be the safety position. Current players under contract are Anthony Johnson Jr., Benny Sapp, and Zane 
Anderson. Now, Benny Sapp, if you'll look him up on Track, Track still doesn't have him as a player next year for the Packers. It's wrong. Ignore that. And Zane Anderson, I was actually kind of surprised. I didn't realize they signed him to, uh, to a two-year contract. They originally signed him. But nonetheless, Packers have three safeties on the books for next year. And frankly, this one's pretty obvious. Like new defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley is coming in. The safeties are a lot more important this coming year than they were under Joe Barry's system. Now you need a box safety who can create havoc closer to the line. Plus, you need a center fielder who can run around and make up for people who might miss their man assignments or fall a step behind. Not only that, but Halfley may also have the Viper position as a wrinkle in his game plan. So, like, the Packers kind of need all of that. Safety is a position that needs to be completely rebuilt. Could they still re-sign a couple of the individuals that they had last year, like Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens? Absolutely. But re-signing one of them isn't even enough to fix this position. This position very well could be addressed by a re-signing, an external free agent, and a premium draft pick. I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's all of them. Number two, kind of in the same vein, current players under contract would be Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Carrington Valentine. Yeah, that's right. The number two position of need for the Green Bay Packers is cornerback. Valentine did have a great rookie season last year. Like, there's no denying it. It's certainly far above the expectation of a seventh-round pick. Of all rookies last year who played at least half of their team snaps, Carrington Valentine finished second with a quarterback rating when targeted of only 80. He is legit, and he may be a better fit for Halfley's defense than he ever was Barry's. So certainly you have a lot of reason for optimism and excitement there. Jerry Alexander still showed that when he's healthy, when he's right, especially now in this new system, he may become a premier top-tier corner again. And then you've got Stokes. And certainly Stokes in his rookie season showed a bunch of potential. His sophomore season, I think, got a much worse reputation than his play actually deemed it should have gotten. And then the injuries started. And the injuries just kept going. So while you like to believe in the potential of Stokes, and I'm still very far away from giving up on him, it is certainly difficult to know from a roster-building standpoint that he's a guy that unequivocally you can count on. So you've got Jair, who's got his own chronic health issues, right, with those shoulders. You've got Valentine and Stokes. And that does nothing to speak of the nickel position and how, frankly, yeah, maybe they'll re-sign Keyshawn Nixon, but even if they do, that nickel position can still be upgraded. It is one of the highest needs on the team because nickel position, as I've been saying for like a couple of years now, is a starting position on the defense and it needs to be treated as such. It means it needs premium investment. They cannot just continue putting in guys. And Nixon did okay. Still certainly upgradable though. Cornerback is still very much, in my opinion, a big need in spite of Valentine's potential, Stokes' potential, and having what should be one of the best corners in the league. Number three, interior offensive line. Current players under contract, Josh Myers, who's walking in to hit the final year of his deal. Sean Ryan, Elton Jenkins, Royce Newman, who's entering the final year, Luke Tenuta, and Zach Tom. Now, again, I kind of put asterisks next to those two because those are two guys that are viewed as having the ability to kick inside in certain circumstances if they build the roster a certain way. But certainly, like, take those two out. Yeah, you're looking at Myers, Ryan, Jenkins, and Newman. 
And that's all you got. Look, Elton Jenkins still is good to go at left tackle. He had did have an up and down year, battled through some stuff. Still one of the best is his spot in the NFL. Myers, I know the front office sang his praises, especially when it came to communication. Still upgradable at that center spot. And then you've got right guard. And Sean Ryan did do some really good work as he entered this 50-50 rotation, 50-50 split with John Runyon Jr. And, and you saw from Ryan the ascension into playing time. It started out with like, well, here's a series. Here's two series. Okay, now you're in a full-blown 50-50 rotation with the incumbent starter. And there were several highlights of Sean Ryan clearing the way in the road game. Pass pro. He was still pretty good when it was straightforward. And the PFF grades bear this out. Pretty good when it was straightforward. However, when the defensive line that he was going against did something more exotic, did some stunting, did some switching, some confusion was still certainly present in Sean Ryan's game. So while he's an ascending young player who still has multiple years left in his contract and did get more playing time as things went on, I don't think the Packers yet can look at Sean Ryan and say, for sure, you should walk right into the starting right guard job. So this is another spot where a starter spot is highly questionable. Now, all of this does more easily get fixed if they kick Zach Tom inside. And that can only be done based upon a position that we're going to talk about in a little bit, of course, being offensive tackle. So keep that in mind. This could get fixed internally in an outside-the-box way. But we'll see. But with Myers entering the final year of his deal, Newman entering the final year of his deal, but could very well be gone before he even gets there, given how he played the last two years. This is an area that needs an infusion of both just straight up bodies at right garden center and, frankly, talent. Takes us to our number four spot on the list, and that would be linebacker. Again, the switch to a different style of defense strikes again. Current players on the roster would be Isaiah McDuffie entering the final year of his deal. Certainly an extension candidate this offseason or early next year. Quay Walker and then Devondre Campbell, of which Devondre Campbell is one of those players talked about a ton right now as to whether he will be retained or not. We've gone over the money circumstances for him. If they make him a post-June 1 cut, there is money to be had by moving on from Devondre Campbell. Plus, you had all the injuries. You had the angstiness of the year from Campbell. So, yeah. Look, the three guys you got under contract right now. Let's just say Campbell's on the roster. Okay, you got three guys under contract. Those are your three starters. You still need some bodies here because you can't even field the team with just those three. Okay, now let's take Campbell out of the equation. Now you've got two. Now you certainly have a need, right? And I'm good with McDuffie going into a starting position. He's never had it before, really, except for injuries. But I'm good with it. He's shown enough. His time to be a starter is probably here. Quay Walker, I like him a lot. Or depending on his usage, I should say, I like his ability match for the scheme that's coming in. I like it quite a lot. I think Quay actually is one of the guys who could improve the most from the defensive schematic change. But I wouldn't argue that McDuffie and Quay are flexible to play all three off-ball linebacker spots in the new scheme. And really, that's the case for really any 4-3. I don't think it's just Halfleys. But I think putting, if you were to put Quay, like Sam, put him on the strong side, it could very well be a waste of some of Quay's best traits with his, honestly, downright athleticism and speed. Kind of the same goes for McDuffie. So 
there's certainly a need here. And part of the need is going to be based upon how exactly they want to use these guys. But you're probably looking at needing one starter if they move on from Campbell. Even if they don't move on Campbell, you might still be looking at a starter. Plus all the backups at this spot. That's what makes this a high ranking position. Number five, kind of in a similar boat, except take away the starter thing, running back. You can safely ignore the article that was put out. There was an article, if you didn't see it, good. There was an article put out last night, I believe it was from NFL.com, talking about potential salary-saving cuts that every team can make. And in that they listed, it was only like 20 dudes long, and they had three Packers in there, and they listed Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, and Kenny Clark. You can safely ignore that. Brian Gutekunst said he absolutely expects Aaron Jones back. And um, yeah, but nonetheless, Aaron Jones is getting older. He's entering the final year of his deal. Father time is undefeated. And then beyond him, you've got Emmanuel Wilson, who's still under contract, but, you know, showed not a ton this last year. Certainly in preseason he did, but once we got into the regular season, the production was limited. Matt LaFleur admitted that he is getting better at some of those I don't know if you want to call them secondary skills, being running back, like pass pro, being a receiver, etc. But he's still got some work to go. So really, you are set at number one, Aaron Jones. But the future of the position needs to be fixed and determined. And that should happen this offseason. Now, we're getting into the positions that some of them I may be a little bit higher on than others or spots that you're really looking to round out. Like if the season started, you could at least get by. But maybe you need to round out depth or talent, something like that. So let's go to number six, and that is defensive end. Current projected players for this 4-3 end would be Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, and then when he returns from injury, which could be pretty late in the year, Kingsley and Igbare. I don't think it'll happen. Some people still will not give up the belief. I still see this from some Packer people that Preston Smith could be moved on from. I just don't think it happens. If it does, that certainly increases the need here. But really, this is what we used to refer to as edge. These are still your edge defenders. And with the switch to playing on the line, they do need some depth. Frankly, no matter how stacked you think you are, edge is one of the positions in football that you can always add a body to. It is always some level of need. And I will say the Packers are set up pretty well here for the future. None of the guys under contract are heading into the final years of their deal. So that's certainly good. And I also wouldn't be shocked if Kobe wouldn't, given his smaller frame, actually in a 4-3 kicks it out to being an end and isn't on the tackle list anymore. So the Packers are set up pretty well here. But Preston Smith is aging, so maybe while he sticks on the roster this year, maybe this is going to be the last year. It also makes the most financial sense to move on from him next year. And then you've got Rashawn, you've got LBN as the future, and then suddenly you got some question marks. And that's why I wouldn't be shocked at all, even though this position's in pretty good shape, still probably going to be a need. Number seven, special teams. Like I said, if the season started today, could they get by? Yeah, why not? They did this year. They're all still under contract. Dan Whelan, Anders Carlson, Matt Orzik. And they already did bring in Carlson competition for the offseason as well. But I don't think it's far-fetched to say that they still could upgrade here. I don't think they're going to move on from Carlson. I've been pretty public about that. But, like, they could. They certainly could. Plus, Matt Orzik, he had a rough year. 
I think we all hoped that, you know, the big free agent signing last year was a long snapper. They gave him a multi-year contract. And then they still had some problems there. And kicking is going to remain a problem until they even solve long snapper. Just an FYI, Orzik's PFF grade last year was 35.6. Woof. That's the woofiest woof out there, actually. However, Dan Whelan, the Irishman, on the other hand, he actually did enough to warrant a second year. And frankly, he's about as cheap as can be given his contract situation. So, but there's two really good stats that need to be highlighted and frankly haven't been talked about enough for Dan Whelan in the year that he just had. He finished in the top five in both hang time and number of punts returned because ideally you don't really want your punts returned. If you're a punter, you'd much prefer that they're fair catch situations. So anyway, he's in the top five of both of those categories, which is exactly given the coverage questions that the Packers have had for years, that's the kind of punter that they need. And Dan Whelan seems to fit the bill. But special teams, I lumped them all together. They're here because Orzek absolutely can be upgraded upon. And Carlson, yeah, probably could be too. Number eight. And this is a position that very much admittedly I'm higher on than most. I also think that there's a great possibility of something happening that most people assume isn't going to. I think there's a lot more possibility than others. And I could be dead wrong. It's just, it's the way I'm feeling. And that's tackle. Current players under contract would be David Bakhtiari entering the final year of his deal. Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, Luke Tenuta, and Caleb Jones. Now, Caleb Jones and Luke Tenuta, frankly, they've been held on to for a reason. Caleb Jones was on the 53 this year, got like one snap on special teams this year. Regardless, they never played him, and yet they carried him on the 53 all year. Luke Tenuta, they held on to him through his injury. They did that for a reason. They do that with guys that they really like. And now, yes, Yash is a free agent. I am. I think he's going to be gone. And Walker and Tom, you might have your two starting tackles for the next decade based upon how each one of them at least finished the season. Zach Tom, one of realistically, maybe not top five, but certainly top seven right tackles in the league. And I think you can make the argument that he's significantly higher than that. Rashid Walker, towards the end of the season, started doing some really good work, no doubt about it. Still had his ups and downs on the year, certainly. But here's the thing, okay? This is a little off topic, but I feel the need to cover it. It was reported over the weekend by Dove Kleiman and U Stadium and Sleeper Fantasy. And I'm sure all of you out there saw the headlines that the Packers are likely to release David Bakhtiari based upon reporting. Okay, um, all of that, all of those tweets, all of that news from those content aggregators who, mind you, they don't actually do anything for themselves. They just put out there what they think they see from other people, and sometimes they do it wrong. So anyway, last week, Matt Schneidman put out an article basically listing the options that the Packers could do at the left tackle position. How do they protect Jordan Love's blindside moving into the future? And he said that in his opinion, it is very likely that the Packers release or trade David Bakhtiari, especially given the cap circumstances. Yeah, I think that's a it's a reasonable take. I don't necessarily 100% agree, but it certainly is reasonable. And then what happened is these content aggregators saw Schneidman's headline, read his article. I don't know. Maybe they didn't think at all. That also wouldn't shock me. And they repackaged it into a one-line tweet that says the Packers 
based on reporting, are likely to release David Bakhtiari. And then, of course, you had Schneidman hop on Twitter and be like, ah, uh, that's that. No, there's a difference between reporting and opinion. And mine was an opinion piece. And then David Bakhtiari got involved. And David Bakhtiari retweeted Schneiderman's tweet where he's explaining all that. And Bakhtiari just said, if I get fired, I blame you, Matt. Which, frankly, is hilarious. It also doesn't sound like a guy who knows that he's getting caught. At least in my opinion, that's the way that I read those tea leaves. Again, could be dead wrong, but like that's what I see. I don't think he hops on there if he like knows that he's getting cut. And here's the thing. Okay, again, little off topic here, but I'm not going to make this into a whole video, so I'm going to at least address it now. Yeah, like financially, it makes a lot of sense for the Packers to release David Bakhtiari. Certainly, they open up, depending on insurance protections, insurance, like, yeah, 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 all that stuff, okay? Like, they open up somewhere between, like, 21 to, like, $18 million in cap space if they cut him before the new league year begins. We've covered that before. But... The thing is, everyone's just kind of assuming that David Bakhtiari absolutely positively won't take a pay cut. If the Packers go to him and say, hey, you've played in like 13 games over the last three years. We love you. We love having you around here. But we're going to dock your pay from 20 million base salary to 5 million base salary. We think that that's reasonable given the situation. And you certainly have the choice, David. You can either accept that or we're, we're going to move on. And that, that's the Packers, like $15 million in cap space. And David's got two choices, right? He can either accept that, go down and pay, and hang around, still continue rehabbing with the doctors that he knows, stay under contract, still get something, certainly. Or he can refuse it, get released, and then go test the open market, where he's a tackle in his early 30s with a terrible knee, and terrible knee history, who in order to get a contract at all has to pass a physical with another team in an unfamiliar setting. Plus, you can take out probably all of the stadiums that play on turf, given his very, very public hatred of turf. You see what I'm getting at here? I, I just, I don't think it's a guarantee that David Bakhtiari is gone. I really don't. And I could be dead wrong, but like, you're here to listen to me say what I think. So like, this is what I think. Now that that's over, let's look at the tackle position. Whether or not David Bakhtiari is there, Tom and Walker give you two very, very competent tackles. From the Packers' side of things, if they were to retain David Bakhtiari, then that means that gives you Bakhtiari at left tackle, Brian Gutekunst when talking about Rashid Walker at his end-of-season press conference. This could not get talked about a much, but I think it's pretty freaking noteworthy. Did make sure to mention that Rashid Walker could play both sides of the line. So kick Sheed over to right tackle, kick Tom inside. Suddenly you've solved quite a bit. If Dave Bakhtiari's health continue to not work out and he winds up getting cut, can't pass a physical, whatever, then you've got Sheed at left tackle, Tom at right tackle, and you're in the exact same boat. So I think tackle, considering that they've got Jones, they've got Tenuta, yes, depending on how it goes with Bakhtiari, regardless of how it goes with Bakhtiari, he's only got one year left in his deal, they could use a swing tackle of the future. Maybe that's Caleb Jones. Maybe that's why they've been keeping him around. Maybe they just love his potential just that freaking much. But regardless, something could be coming here to help even out. Swing, regardless, starters, covered. Could be more covered than money of us think. Number nine, now we're getting to the positions that are like darn near future-proof. And that takes us to number nine, tight end. 
You've got Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and Ben Sims all under contract for the coming year. And DeGuara and Tyler Davis. Don't forget about Tyler Davis. They're both set to be free agents. I wouldn't be shocked to see either one retained. I just, maybe the Packers spend a draft pick here at tight end, but wholly young. Like, how young can they go exactly? But DeGuara due to be free agent. Davis due to be free agent. Don't be shocked if either one of them is retained. What they're really missing here is the H-back style, like the H-back mover. DeGuara filled that role this last year, but we saw it wasn't exactly a huge role in Lafleur's current version. Of the maybe if he had someone that they liked better, maybe it would be. And they did compliment DeGuara a lot for being a leader in the tight end room. But it's also hard to look at a guy like DeGuara and say like, well, that's part of the future of the position. No, the future is unequivocally Musgrave and Kraft. And Ben Sims did a lot in that like tight end three or four spot this year for being a UDFA. So the future here set. Maybe we see one body at it, but tight ends looking pretty darn good. The next spot, I'm a lot higher on than other people, and I'm going to call that defensive tackle. Kenny Clark entering the last year of his deal. Uh, TJ Slayton entering the last year of his deal. Frankly, both of them, in my mind, are extension candidates this offseason. And then you've also got Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, and, unless they move him to end, Kobe Wooden. And yeah, they could still use a true bully here. Like, they could use still a Gilbert Brown, a 400-pound menace who's just going to occupy space. They still could use that, even though that's kind of slightened. But like, yeah, they still could use that for Halfley's new defense, no doubt about it. But if you add a body here, who goes? And that's kind of my big question. Let's say the Packers use their first-round pick on a defensive lineman, on a defensive tackle. Who's leaving? Because this group is pretty well locked up for the future. Slayton, I think, uh, extension. Clark, Clark, even with this huge cap number, he's not going anywhere. I would be shocked if he's gone this offseason. I think he's a likely extension candidate as well. So, like, that's where I'm really stuck here. And, and I'm going to say, too, even in the run game, the defensive line is a lot better than they've gotten credit for. Check out the article put out by Ryan Wood. I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. He said that the Packers defensive line was actually their best defensive position last year. In the games where the Packers gave up over 200 yards rushing, when a rush was between the tackles, you know, where these guys play, it only got 3.6 yards per carry. Overall, in those games, teams averaged 5.3 yards per carry. 1.7 yards better when they avoided the defensive line. Tells you the teams had a lot of success when they were running at the linebackers and running at edge. So this position is in a lot better of shape than I think a lot of people believe. Might we still see a premium investment here? Yeah, definitely. That would be indicative of me of not like needing necessarily a huge talent infusion so much as future proofing to make to basically say like, yeah, Slater, Slayton or Clark aren't going to get new contracts. So let's bring somebody in to future proof. But as of right now, today, I think this position is a lot better than it gets credit for. That takes us to our final two. And these are two positions that, frankly, I don't think really need a body. Number 11, wide receiver. Could they still diversify the unit a little bit? Yeah, certainly. But current players under contract, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Bo Melton, and Samari Toure. <laughs> like, don't forget, Toure's still hanging around. 
that's a heck of a group of seven. Like, we already know that. And if they continue to develop forward as each one of them should, it is an incredibly diverse group. It's a very young and talented group. All of them under contract for multiple years yet in some form, or maybe not technically under contract, like in the case of Bo Melton, because he's only got one year, but like easily retainable at the very least, given restricted free agency, RFAs, all that kind of deal. So like, yeah, they're set. Now, if there is a guy in the draft, like second round, Keon Coleman, or somebody falls, one of the elite receivers in the draft, might they, if they believe that it fills a spot that they don't have in their diversification right now, sure. But they don't need to add anything here. And they will be just fine next year. And the same can be said for the quarterback position. Jordan Love, like it's it's a foregone conclusion when he can her NFL rules, sign a contract extension in May, he's going to, and he's going to be very, very well paid. He's the new franchise quarterback. No doubt about it. John Clifford was the backup. They were just fine rolling with him as the backup this year. They don't need some vet when they've got John Clifford, who's got the maturity of a 40-year-old and his younger body. So, again, it's not bad practice from a roster building standpoint to add a quarterback every single draft. We used to see Ron Wolf do that. Ted Thompson did it for a little stretch, although it was more Wolf. Like it's not bad practice. And maybe they want some more competition for Magoo or something like that. At like the number three or practice squad QB. But if you were to walk into next year with love and Clifford, you're good. You should be just fine. So there you have it. Now join us tomorrow Four o'clock tomorrow, I'll be doing another live Q&A. And then Friday will be the mock draft with trades, as has been requested. Keep in mind, too, folks, I do just want to offer you one reminder. This is more so for regulars of the channel who are actually still watching at this point. Coming up soon, I do have a magical procedure coming, and I'm going to be out for a few weeks. I announced it once a few weeks ago, but, like, it's coming, and I do want to give that reminder. Like, when you don't see any content from me for, like, three weeks... I hopefully didn't die. Uh, I, I didn't stop doing this, but yeah, I have that coming and not going to be able to literally talk for a little while. So we'll talk about all that more as we get closer, but uh, it's coming. So just want to make you aware. Thanks so much for joining me here on Lombardi Time Brews. As always, do hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope you have a great week. I'll see you tomorrow at four o'clock Lambo time for our live Q&A. But as always, go pack, go.